Welcome to The Alignment Show, featuring conversations with folks who have taken steps to identify their highest values and align their lives around them. Time on this earth is not unlimited, and you may be seeking to make sure you spend your time on things that matter to you. These conversations will encourage you and support you in doing so. Now, let's meet this week's guest on The Alignment Show. And a good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it is in your part of the world. Welcome once again to The Alignment Show. I'm your host, Don King. And we're a little bit late getting on today. We had some uh, tech glitches of sorts, although I suspect uh, when I worked in radio, we used to call this a short between the earphones. Uh, so that, that's that's more about me, but you know that's another story. Uh, as we're getting started today, you might notice uh, regular listeners would notice that the crawl down here is a little different. Uh, our episode is sponsored by the next book in the Spark spark light series i can get my tongue untangled here we've been talking about the way the three-year-old why for months now but the second book in the spark light chronicles is just about ready to come out if you would like to see the first scene in that new book you can go to donking.com that's d-o-n-n-k-i-n-g.com slash medium well first name of the next book is Medium Well, and it looks at the uh, journey of a young woman who is figuring out her unique place in the world and whether to believe it or not. Its tagline is there's a difference between believing and believing in. So we will see how that comes along. Should be coming out in March. In any case, we are glad today to have with us a, a guest who is I, I almost hesitate to say survivor because it just goes so far beyond that. Let me give you a little background here. Deb Creer is a coalition builder and a warrior rewriting the playbook on how to live with cancer. And she spells that out, L-I-V-E. Diagnosed with stage four triple positive breast cancer in 2015. And then diagnosed with thyroid cancer in 2023. She is on a mission to ensure we are no longer fine with cancer. Her goal is to empower those dealing with cancer to embrace their inner warrior, to build a tribe, energize their voices, and expand their choices. Now, I want to tell you a little more about her. As an unlikely cancer survivor, she experienced the disconnection and the despair of a system where cancer is the star of the show, while people with cancer are watching silently from the sidelines. It sounds like to me almost uh, a spectator. And so she's using her experience and expertise to kill cancer with honesty, communication, and collaboration. Now, we're going to learn more about her origin story, uh, not how did she get into cancer, but how did she get into using her skills in this way. So let's go ahead and bring on stage Deb Creer. Deb, welcome to The Alignment Show. Hello, and thank you so much much. It is a delight to be here, Don. Indeed, indeed. I, I was looking over your biography and obviously uh, uh, battling cancer or living with cancer or that kind of thing is your focus right now. Obvious where that came from. Uh, here on the Alignment Show, we tend to focus on uh, origin stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm just real sure I noticed you had uh, an, a master's degree in crisis communication. Uh, MBA in, I, 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 um, 
I've lost track of the NBA. What's the NBA in? Well, the NBA was, so it was, uh, uh, I have two masters. One is in corporate communications and mm-hmm. the other is in business. Um, and so kind of a combination there of those two. And that's a good combination. Those you had those, I would assume, before the cancer. Oh yes, long before, long before. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so you had done a lot of the the communication mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So it may be an obvious question, but you know, uh, not everybody <clears throat> who survives the harrowing uh, journey with cancer that you have then make it their mission in life to help other people dealing with those situations. So, what was it that led you to say, "I'm going to take my business"? expertise, my communication expertise, and now turn this around to, uh, gosh, I'm bumbling a little bit here, Deb. I I like to say when you're a writer or a speaker, no matter what Mm -hmm. happens to you in life, it's material. Mm -hmm. Right. It is. So what, what led you to use this to help other people? Well, you know, it's a combination of things. And, and, uh, first many years ago, I worked for an oncologist, and I worked for the American Cancer Society doing corporate communication or uh, communications for them. We manage seven states um, communication efforts for the American Cancer Society. And and I do have my own marketing and PR firm. So kind of have all that in my background. Then I got this diagnosis and that was back in 2015 where everything was supposed to be hunky dory. I mean, it really was just going to be. Easy peasy. You know, it was the initial diagnosis is what they called stage zero, which in essence is, well, looky there. (laughs) We did a couple, you know, biopsies that came back negative, all sorts of things. Then it uh, it it was one of those situations where we um, discovered that it actually was not stage zero. Um, We excuse me, I managed to get covid such fun. Um, (laughs) And so they. discovered that uh, the cancer had spread. And so we went to stage three. So I went from zero to three, just poof. Um, And then later on, the diagnosis was changed to stage four, um, which uh, is uh, one of those things that was like, well, that was just annoying. But yeah, I I mean, to just skip over. It's very unusual to skip over those things. Um, And, you know, so when we did decide, you know, and and I went with the traditional route of treatment. So um, that meant chemo. Um, And the uh, decision was made that it was going to be a very, very aggressive form of, of chemo treatment. And so I took eight different drugs, eight in one day it was very fun jimmy johns delivers to an oncology center because i was there for like nine hours i mean it was this this thing um everything went well as as well as it could go right Um, considering yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah you know i actually felt really pretty good you know for several days and then i felt a little puny you know and but i thought well duh i just had all that chemo um and then i realized no this is not right I developed a complication that at that point, so this was back in 2015, less than 1% of the people who who have it, 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 it is a complication that less than 1% even get. So I was special, right? <laughs> Just had to be special. Um, and more importantly, 
at that point, I was the only person who had ever survived it um, because wow. most people don't even realize what's going on until it was too late. By the time I got to the hospital, I was in septic shock. And um, so much of what I have gone through after that is because of the septic shock, not the cancer. Um, but, you know, spent seven weeks in the hospital, in and out of ICU, multiple surgeries, all sorts of things. Uh, got home, decided, you know, well, can't do chemo again. Whoops, that didn't work. And so uh, went ahead and had a double mastectomy, got a complication from that that uh, my surgeon had never seen. So again, special, right? Um, and so, you know, but just kept plugging along. I mean, there were uh, several times where my husband was told, we're not sure. You know, it's 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 really pretty touchy. Um, but, you know, every time I was like, well, pfft. and, uh, you know, so, you know, it, and I just kept working for the most part. I mean, I, you know, and, and that's part of this is we do need to keep working as much as we can, as we're going through whatever it is that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to several years ago, I'm, you know, and, and in the meantime, um, multiple other surgeries, two, two other types of cancer. Oh, wow. um, and so let me I, interrupt just a second as you're going through, you know, before coming up to the second, the second big bout here. Um, I know you you worked for people, but then you also had your own business during this I time. Do. You, you weren't just working. You were trying to keep up a business. Yes, I was. Um, it's called Wise Women Communications. And I am incredibly blessed. So I'm a consultant providing marketing support. Incredibly blessed to have absolutely fabulous clients who understood that I would just drop off the face of the earth, um, you know, and, and uh, so they, and, and they're still my clients today. I mean, you know, wow. they just, they, and, and, but that is a challenge, you know, do you work? Do you tell people because they might think you can't work? Um, you know, all sorts of things. And, and as people know with me, I'm pretty open. I'm pretty much an open book. If somebody said, well, gee, we're not sure you can be doing the job, I would have gone fine, then go away. Mm -hmm. um, but 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 yeah. And, and so, like I said, you know, just just kept going merrily along, working in and out. Um, the, the second cancer was a basal cell cancer on my arm. Real easy to treat. You know, just one of those. They just burned the little bugger off real quick. And that was that. Um, and but then I also uh, got thyroid cancer last year. Mm -hmm. Totally new, separate cancer. So, you know, it's like, well, this is fun. And more than anything, I was annoyed. I was like, really? Seriously? Um, they removed my thyroid gland. Everything was hunky-dory. Um, you know, no, no treatment on that. Oh. But um, I, 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 you know, was doing business this entire time. And so I started working with an a absolutely fabulous business coach. And she knows all of my history. But we were working on know business things and but we were zooming uh, and this would have been about two years ago and we had our chat and then she did this she shook her finger at me <laughs> and this lovely woman is named Kathleen Caldwell and she said you know you did not go through everything you went through without using it to help others and so that was where we started this because I you know I'm I've, I'm always one of those obviously I'm shy and retiring. Right. Um, so I'm always helping. I'm doing whatever I can in the infusion rooms, you know, meeting with patients, talking to students, things like that. And, but I really didn't want to be cancer girl. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. want to have a cape. I didn't want to be cancer girl, but, uh, you know, she, she really convinced me that 
it, it was, you know, that, that I did need to give back. But more importantly, how could I help others? And so that was when trying not to die dot live was started. Okay. Okay. And I, I, I noticed right off that the do, domain name is not the typical dot com. Right. Uh, so so mm -hmm. this, this was, <laughs> it's almost like that. Um, I'm trying to remember the technical term for it, .com, .edu. Those yeah, well, are the top and, level. And .org, yeah, all of those. Um, yeah, top yep. level domains. Mm -hmm. So uh -huh. it's uh -huh. almost like, and, and you pronounce it .live as opposed Correct. to .live. Yes, because we are living. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So mm -hmm. it's almost like that top level domain name was made just for you well, and people in your position. You know, it was so funny because when I, you know, now I'm a marketing person and I know mm -hmm. that we are trained to type .com, right? Mm -hmm. We've been doing that for however long, you know, the internet got invented. So I, of course, look, was taken. Somebody else has it. Really? They're, at that point, they were not using it. I contacted them, offered to buy it. They wanted a lot of money. And I said, this is something going on in my brain. No way am I giving you a four-figure thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so... You know, when you're looking at something like GoDaddy or any of the other places where you can buy domains, it will give you suggestions of, you know, so .net, .org, .live. And yeah. I thought, oh, my gosh, I am a marketing person. <laughs> you know? And so it really was just kismet, fate, whatever, that trying not to die .live was born. Wow. Wow. Yeah, just bringing everything together there. Mm -hmm. So, um you're you're doing multiple things mm -hmm. uh you're a podcast host also over 900 right. episodes right um, we'll hit a thousand in november oh wow oh wow and, and i went i went looking for that let me see i think i've got the podcast itself Did it's I pretty easy that? it's the business power hour.com i had made uh it's like running a starship sometimes. I uh, know, all these buttons and gidgets and doodies, yeah, right? Yeah. Where did I put that? I, I guess I didn't get it up there. I, I was going right. to have a, a link to the podcast. Oh, I know what I was going to do. Hold on just a second. Hold on, hold on. We've got the I technology. Love live. live is so much fun. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Here is the website for the is. Power Hour. There we are. Hello. We Hello, are. me. <laughs> Businesspowerhour.com. And, and so in... You're doing so many things. Um, you know, one of my practical questions is how do you balance it all? It's hard enough when you're an entrepreneur, when you're an entrepreneur dealing with health issues. How do you balance it all with self-care and still get out there with all of these different uh, uh, enterprises? It is a challenge. Um, you know, I spent yesterday having treatment. I, I am is still in active treatment. I go every 21 days. I have a port in my shoulder. They plunk the little needle in me, you know, hook me up. And 30 minutes later, I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it is so much about, as you said, self-care. If we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to be able to do anything else. So I fully recognize that my work days are not straight eight hour days. Mm -hmm. I'm a kindergartner. I have to take a nap, um, you know, and, and but I don't get graham crackers and milk. I'm not quite sure what happened there. But, um, <laughs> you know, you do have to, re, you know, as you're going through this and, you know, even after you've gone through it, 
chemo and all these various things. Now I've had 33 surgical procedures um, yes. since 2015. So, you know, like I said, special, special, ding, ding, hello. Um, <laughs> but any of that changes your body, you know, short-term, long-term. And so you have to recognize What's going on with yourself? Do you need a nap? Do you need to eat? Do you need, um, you know, uh, are you staying hydrated? All of those various things, because we have to just do that. And more importantly, we have to communicate it to the people around us. You know, they have to know, you know, some days it's just not going to work for me. Um, or I'm, I'm just not going to be my usual chipper, cheery self because all of this is going on. But it does, you know, so I work, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there, things like that. People get posts for me at one o'clock in the morning um, because I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. I do not encourage people to do that. Don't don't do that. Your clients, because then your clients think, oh, you're working at one o'clock in the morning. We can always ask you to do something. No, that's not good. <laughs> um, but, you know, you just kind of have to go with works. And, and it's really funny. It's almost kind of like what so many people discovered with COVID with the whole work from home thing. You know, as long as the work gets done, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter when you do it, um, right. you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, but it is a challenge, you know, but I, it, I have definitely learned through the, the course of all these years to pay attention to what my body is saying, because if I don't, then I'm going to have issues. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for uh, and I've not experienced cancer uh, directly, but I've been around the medical system mm-hmm pretty good bit um you, you and i are just getting to know each other so just mm-hmm. real quickly a lot of regular listeners have heard this before we have a severely disabled daughter with a very mm-hmm. rare chromosomal disorder mm-hmm. uh, i'm relating to that thing about being special there's only 15 to 20 like her known mm-hmm. in the given in, in the world at a given wow. time and we so special yeah tons tons of uh, going places and hearing we've never seen this before mm-hmm. and i know you heard that a lot as mm-hmm. well right so um, the thing that uh, so I'm sure people, you, they hear you speak, uh, they come to your website, they turn to you for advice. Uh, the thing that's coming through my head right now is I have a tendency to say, I have to drop everything, take care of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm not right. taking care of myself. Right. Um, she's been hospitalized 36 times wow. in her life. We've lost track of the ER visits. Mm-hmm. And so I do try to keep, you know, like mm-hmm. the podcast, mm-hmm. it's always right. a possibility right. that we just are not going to mm-hmm. be here on a given right. day. Uh, the two o'clock in the morning thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that just happened mm-hmm. to be when it was available. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give somebody who's getting this diagnosis maybe a week ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've got two or three things going through my head right now, Deb. I'm thinking the hardest time might be between taking the test mm-hmm. and hearing the outcome. Oh, that horrible waiting period because your brain goes to the worst places. Yeah, yeah. So, So what advice would you give somebody about managing that? whole thing about your brain going to the worst possible places try to be patient i mean yeah i know it's really difficult um you know and now one of the tricky things is that sometimes our test results get released in our online charts before Mm -hmm. our doctor talks to us that's how i found out my cancer had spread 
Oh, wow. My doctor, yeah, I was not a happy camper. Um, but, it, you know, it, the, the one thing I tell people, step away from the keyboard. Do not rely mm-hmm. on Dr. Google, because if mm-hmm. you type cancer, MS, ALS, you know, COVID, whatever it is, mm-hmm. millions of, of things come up, many of which are valid many of which are not. And mm. so it gets very overwhelming very quickly. Uh, so, you know, I, I, one of the, I tell people my two resources and I really pretty much just use two resources for, for cancer is a Mayo Clinic and the American Cancer Society. Um, you know, and, and American Cancer Society is more for resources, but yeah, Mayo is my go-to uh, to, to get information. And and I know it's reputable, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Johns Hopkins is another one. You know, some of the, the big well-knowns, they're going to have good information. If, uh, you know, if you, because we do want to prepare ourselves. And it's funny, we, we, it's, it's one side or the other. We either really, really want to prepare or we want to bury our heads in the sand and we yeah. can do that every day. Right. You know, back and forth and what we do, you know, and all of those things. So try to limit what you're doing. Um, you know, okay, I'm going to research, but maybe I'm only going to spend 20 minutes doing it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's also interesting that our friends and our family and our coworkers, everybody means well, and they want to help, but for now, ignore them because you're going to get a lot of here's what I've heard. Here's what I know. Oh, my grandma had this, mm-hmm. you know, have you tried, you know, and, and throughout this process, you know, I, I have had that and, you know, and I know that people mean well, I mean, that is mm-hmm. the thing that I always remember is that they do mean well, but sometimes I'm just, you know, like, really, um, you know, and, and so I thank them politely for their information and then I go merrily along. Um, but, but yeah, it's, you, you need to insulate yourself from that. Uh, and then once you get that diagnosis, then that's where you need to, to research because your doctor will have said, you have this, here are your treatment options, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, because you also want to research what alternatives there are. And, and I do encourage people to do that. For some people, they might totally choose to do something that is not the traditional approach. Like I said, I did chemo, I did radiation, I did surgery. Um, but I also have talked to nutritionists. I have talked to um, uh, uh, meditation experts. And then of course there are, you know, people on, on, you know, that, that have all sorts of other great information. So you have to, the, the thing is you have to do what's right for you. Um, and, and then build that team around you of people who are going to help you the most. Um, you know, one of the things that you obviously know far more about is the fact that, um, you have to advocate for your daughter and, 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 you know, she may not be able to do it for herself. She might be able to do some, but not, you know, and, and so you have to, to be that advocate. We have to do that. I mean, you know, I ended up in ICU in very critical condition. I could not do anything. So my husband had to be that advocate and had to say, here is what we are doing. Um, you know, and, and so make sure you have that in place um, from a legal aspect too. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have to have powers of attorney, all of those various things, durable medical directives, whatever, they're different in every state. So whatever is applicable for your state, you know, do all of that. 
and then go forward. Um, you know, it's quick, quick question. You're, we're talking about a lot of things to have to think about at a I, moment. It's a fire hose. Sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, it's not the fire hose of the information. I'm thinking about somebody who's gotten this diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Right. They now have a lot of things they need to think mm -hmm. about at mm -hmm. the very moment while they're probably least able to think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Are there resources like does the American Cancer Society or is there anybody mm -hmm. who can provide someone to walk along with you? you know, to help you think about these things? There are various um, advocates and support systems where you can do that, especially if you are alone. I mean, you know, because that is is something. I tell people, you know, when, when you go to the doctor and you've got the flu, you go home and you go, when was I supposed to take that medicine? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and you're right. When we're told we have cancer or some other serious thing, our brain shuts off. Yeah. And so at least for the first couple of appointments where you're really discussing, you know, a lot of the, the very detailed information, if at all possible, take someone with you. You know, mm -hmm. uh, if, if you're, you know, your spouse, your family, friend, you know, I've gone with with people who are single. Um, I've gone with them to, to their doctors. Have them, you know, take notes. Have mm -hmm. them have questions. I mean, you know, because they're going to ask totally different questions than you as the patient will. Right. Um, you you know, also feel free to record your conversation. Uh, you know, it is it is not a HIPAA violation for you to record your own doctor's appointment. Okay. And I'll be honest with you, if your doctor has a problem with that, to me, that signals another problem. Yeah. Um, yeah exactly. You know, and, and and because it is you're you're getting that information like it's the fire hose. And and it's just, you know, and, and so, you know, it's going to help the physician, the medical care provider, whoever it is for you to understand. Um, mm -hmm. And and so that might mean that you have to record it and listen to it again, things like that. But, you know, it's funny in my oncologist's office, there is a sign on every door and it says, do not leave this room if all your questions have not been answered. That's a wise oncologist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love good. that. Very good. Just the stuff we've talked about just in the last couple of minutes has aroused three different questions for me. So I jotted down something. So what okay. did you get? Um, so the first thing that comes to mind, not only with your background in dealing with cancer, mm -hmm. but your background as a communications professional, mm -hmm. uh, what would be your advice for advocating within the system? Let, let me frame this here. Uh, doctors are and, and Nurses, not quite so much, but the doctors are under constant time pressure because right. they're trying to deal with insurance stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's expensive running a mm -hmm. medical practice. Mm -hmm. So they're always in a hurry. Mm -hmm. um, how do you advocate for yourself without becoming confrontational, which mm -hmm. has a tendency to shut down right. any communication? Right. You know, start with having your questions written down because that'll help you organize your thoughts. Many medical care providers now are very fluent in the tech, right? My endocrinologist who is in charge of the treatment for my thyroid cancer, he's a youngster um, and love him dearly. I, I think he's, he's absolutely fabulous. Online chat with him or actually, so sending him online communications via whatever the portal is that we have. He is incredible at that. Um, you know, it is it is one of those things where I can send him a question. It's never gone more than several hours without him responding. 
sometimes it's very quickly. I'm like, holy schmoly. And it's him. It's not his staff that's responding. And so, you know, find out if your medical care folks are good with that. At my oncologist's office, I actually communicate with the nurse Mm -hmm. and say, hey, you know, I've got this question. So figure some of those things out. You know, if they if they have those portals and are using them, then that that might be a good way to communicate Um, because you'll you'll think of questions. You'll think of questions when you're in the shower. When you're mm-hmm. driving, two o'clock in the morning, um, you know, and so now you can't really do it when you're in the shower or driving. But at two o'clock in the morning, you know, you can pop them a quick message and say, "Hey, just woke up, was thinking about this." They're probably not going to respond for a little bit, but you know, it, but we do need to realize it's as you said. You know, they they have so many time constraints. So how can we organize ourselves better to try and, and get them through that process too? Um, because they're told you know, by their practice, by insurance, by whoever, you will see X number of patients in an hour, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so, yeah, it's just try to be as organized as possible, but you, the patient are the one in charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that is it. I mean, that, that is ultimately what it is, is you as the patient or your advocate, you are the ones in charge. You know, if that doctor or that nurse practitioner or whoever isn't answering your questions make a fuss, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and I'll be honest, I, through this whole process, I have fired three doctors, mm-hmm. good doctors, one saved my life. I mean, you know, I have absolutely no doubt about that. He was the first surgeon who treated me when I had septic shock and, mm-hmm. but he and I did not get along and, you know, and, and so, you know, when you have a care team that you're going to have for maybe many years, you don't have to like them, but you have to trust them. And so, you know, make sure that those are the people that you want in your corner. Great distinction there. And it's not even so much as you're saying uh, directly or indirectly. It's not about their medical skills necessarily. It's do you connect? That that connection thing is just so He was a surgeon and he really was a very good surgeon. (laughs) But he dealt with people when they were unconscious. And I think there was a reason that he did well, and there's, you know, there's a stereotype here, but it's based in fact, uh, right. you know, surgeons are not known for their bedside right. manner. And so, yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. Now that said, the surgeon I replaced him with, I would walk on fire for. Mm. Um, he has done, I think, five surgeries for me. He actually did the thyroid surgery. And when I went in, I had it done last summer. And when I went in, he went, oh, God, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> and, but. You know, he he is absolutely he he's just, you know, there would be no way I could ever say enough good words about him. And he's incredibly well thought of in the medical community. You know, it's one of those where somebody will say, who's your surgeon? And I say, Dr. Odom. And they'll go, Ooh. right. <laughs> you know? um, because he is just he he's his bedside manner is wonderful. Um, you know, he never makes you feel rushed or anything like mm-hmm. that, but yeah, I mean, he's just, he is fantastic. And, and I'm wondering just, just a quick insight here. If you have it, is this because of his natural personality or do you think that medical education is changing to where they teach a little bit more about patient interaction? He, I would guess that he is naturally like that. Um, okay. You know, he is just, he is a true people person. Mm-hmm. Um, when the hospital here went into COVID protocol, 
two years ago, he took over. He was the person who ran it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and now he had been chief of staff before, but um, but yeah, I mean, he's just so he's he, he has multiple. I mean, you know, he is he's very organized. He's a business person, all of those various things. But, um, it, you know, I, I don't know about and that is one of the things that I work with medical providers on is how can they provide better? Now, they call it patient centered care. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, no, no, it's called customer service. And many of you suck um, yeah. well, because of the constraints. And let's be honest. I mean, if they got emotionally involved with every patient, they couldn't survive. They oh, just yeah, yeah. Do it. There's um, a middle ground there because you, right. know, you don't want to treat them like a piece of meat. Right. Mm-hmm. You also don't want to get so mm-hmm. involved that mm-hmm. you lose your objectivity right. and you can't mm-hmm. serve them as well. Right. That way. Yeah. You know, and, and so I remind them I am a person. I'm not a patient. Treat me like you want your mother, your sister, your spouse, your whoever treated. Um, and it was funny. One of the times when I went in for the checkup on my thyroid gland removal, I, you know, I was was in the exam room and I heard him out in the hall and they said, thyroid patient in room four. And I went out and I said, excuse me. <laughs> I know because of HIPAA, you yeah. can't use my name. I said, but I am not thyroid cancer patient. And and they said, you're right. And we should not have done that. Um, they said, we can certainly use your first name. And, you know, and, and so they right. now, you know, that may have lasted 15 minutes. But, you know, it is just a matter of remembering that we are people and we're not that patient, um, you know, and and it's, you know, and, and it is hard. I mean, I, you know, God bless them. I don't know how they do it. I know. I know. It's it's quite a quite a juggling act. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me ask another insight question here again mm-hmm. from the background in communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure years ago you learned the seven news values and all that sort of thing. I, I used to tell my parents who worried about being the victims of crime. Mm-hmm. If it shows up in the newspaper, by definition, it's unusual. Mm-hmm. OK. Right. We're talking now about the Internet. And while there aren't editors who are choosing stories, at Mm -hmm. least most of what we come across, certainly not on uh, Google, as you say, just because of what people search for, Mm -hmm. are we most likely to find in our searches the most extreme examples just because of the the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not logarithm. Uh, algorithms. Algorithms. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Just because of the algorithm, does it automatically almost track us to the most extreme and therefore the scariest stuff? I, to some, because, you know, I am an old PR person. And so mm-hmm. we were taught if it bleeds, it leads. Right. right? right. Which mm-hmm. means that the sensational stories get the most clicks. You know, mm-hmm. it used to be eyeballs. Well, still is eyeballs. But, um, you know, we and and so the more sensational, the more somebody tends to pay attention to something. Mm-hmm. And so then the Internet guru, God, people, whoever's go, ooh, that people must be interested in it. And, mm-hmm. and so it does. So it's, it's kind of this weird thing. So I would encourage people to really, you know, again, think about it. You know, if, if you typed in cancer and got, you know, new cure found world's population saved, put mm-hmm. that through your little brain filter and go, really? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know and, and now hopefully we do see that at some point, right? You know, that really, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be fabulous? But, um, but yeah, you know, it's, we do have to keep in mind some things. And 
I, long, I, I was a political science major and I had uh, a professor who would, she was this rather odd woman who would always yell, yell Tom Stoffel, Tom Stoffel. Yes, we're like, there ain't no hey. such thing as a free lunch. Right. Yep. You know, and, and, and so if, and, but it, it is along the lines there of if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we really have to to think about it is, um, you know, it, is it too good to be true? You know, I had somebody multiple, well, multiple people uh, through this process, they were going to cure me mm-hmm. with the, 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 yeah. And usually it was a, it was a, a powdered drink, right? Or Lysol or something. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I, again, I was very polite. I would listen to them and, and I, you know, it, and it, and I finally told one very overly persistent person, I'm sorry, if your protein drink cured cancer, you wouldn't be selling it out of the trunk of your car. And of course, never heard from her again. You know, are there benefits to that? Sure, if it had high protein and things like that, yeah. But it's probably not going to cure cancer. Um, you know, and there are the, the skeptics of the world that mm-hmm. say the the cures have been found, but because there's so much money to be made, you know, we're surrounded by conspiracy theories. And, yeah. You know, there are times where you actually do think that, right? Though it's like, mm-hmm. well, I bet they could. They know what they're doing, you know. And and but um, but yeah, it's you know, put it through, put it through the common sense filter, and just go. You know, really, does this sound right? Um, and and you know, and and then discuss it with your medical team. And those can be a variety of people. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, nutritionists, mental health, mental health experts, hello, are very important as Mm. part of this process. But, you know, ask them about it. If it really is something that is fantastic, more people will have heard about it than just what I saw in my Facebook feed. Right, right. Well, and this kind of automatically leads into my other question, which is we've been talking about needed advice, absolutely needed advice for people who who have the cancer or have the diagnosis mm-hmm. of whatever it is. We've been talking about the, the impact of well-meaning friends. Mm-hmm. Let's turn it around. And uh, you probably do this in some of your talks, because I know you, you deal with the whole community. Mm-hmm. Right. So what would the advice be for the friends? Let me, let me give mm-hmm. a quick context here. My oldest son died about six years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we went through, you know, the thing of people, <clears throat> They're, they're feeling for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. You know? And so a lot of people, if they didn't know what to say, they would, they would either avoid us mm-hmm. or, um, you know, th- th- they'd put the things out there like, you know, always in a better place or, you know, the things that are well intended, right. but don't really help. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So, uh, I would tell people when you don't know what to say, it's important to say it anyway, mm-hmm. because the connection. I'm sorry. Important. Works really yeah. well. So so what we're going for here is what advice would you mm-hmm. give to the friends and the mm-hmm. family of the person who's received the diagnosis? Okay. Is it just go sit with them and be silent let them talk about whatever they want to the other thing they would do is completely avoid the topic oh yeah Mm -hmm. that elephant stayed in that room but they would never talk about it right Mm -hmm. right so so uh advice and and we are running short of time Mm -hmm. here but Mm -hmm. uh, i think that's really important to help the people around the cancer diagnosis (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's exactly what you said. And and we kind of go through the same thing. People ignore it. They don't want to bring it up. They don't know what to say. So they don't say anything. And then we're like, well, I guess they really didn't love us after all. Yeah. Um, 
you know, sit, like you said, sit with them. People who told me we didn't know what to say. I told them, you know what? Hallmark has cards. (laughs) (laughs) And I still have all the cards I got. I mean, I don't know what I'm ever going to do with them, but it's, uh, and, and when you do communicate with them, and this also goes for when you're talking to their caregivers, be specific if you want to help. Um, it is, you know, it's, it's great to say, um, you know, we feel for you. What can we do? But, but if you say, let us know if there's anything we can do, our little brains shut off. We don't, we can't, you know, and, and same with caregivers. I mean, the caregivers need assistance too. But if you say, you know, Hey, Don, what can we do? You're not going to, you don't want to intrude you, you know, all of those various things. So be specific. Don, can we bring you dinner on Thursday? Hmm. Thursday doesn't work. How about Friday? You know, we had somebody who contacted us and said, don't your dogs need to go to the vet for some shots? Uh-huh. And they did, but it was not anything that you know we could be doing. Um, so be as specific as possible. Sometimes just going and sitting with them is the best thing you can do. And I tell people, take a book because they might fall asleep, um, you know, and, and it's kind of hard. Don't overstay your welcome. Um, one of my friends who was a caregiver said her friend showed up one day to clean her house. She was absolutely mortified and then extremely grateful, um, you know, because it was something that hadn't been getting done. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they did. They just, you know, and, and another friend who said I had a cooler outside the door and people brought meals and put it in there. You know, and and um, so, you know, whatever you can do, be specific and and but, you know, here's the thing. We also don't want to hear about when your great grandma had whatever it was, Um, (laughs) you know, even if somebody and I know somebody right now who has the exact same diagnosis I do. That's where it ends. Everything else is different. You know, I had that extremely weird complication. Um, You know, we have to always remember that just because somebody has the same thing, Mm -hmm. they really don't. And and so telling them, well, you know, it really helped, you know, my grandma to have 18 glasses of grapefruit juice a day. Mm -hmm. That might not work for you. Would it would it be a supportive thing, a useful thing? You know, you connecting with somebody with the same diagnosis to say mm-hmm. to them, I went through something similar. Mm-hmm. I respect that mm-hmm. your situation is different. Mm-hmm. If you have yeah. any questions for me, mm-hmm. don't worry about intruding. Right. I will be oh, yeah. open mm-hmm. to your questions, mm-hmm. but and, otherwise and I'm, I'm not going to advise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking to somebody last week through, she had a brand new port and really didn't know what to expect with it. So I was kind of talking to her about that. Uh, yeah, we we need to kind of be helpful, but general <laughs> is maybe the, the way to put it and and not, you know, not go into the detail unless they keep asking. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, they they might say, well, what if and, um, you know, has this happened? Well, then you can say, OK, well, yeah, this happened. And then this was what happened. And and of course, I always remind anybody, please remember my, di- m- you know, my complication was extremely rare. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen to you. Um, you know, and, and so that was, you know, that was, was just kind of the thing, but yeah, you know, it's, it, it, in many ways it is like a loss and it is, you know, we have, we have lost what we thought, you know, was, you know, our, our plans have changed, There's a so, you know, it's, you know, it, but, but yeah, folks don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Even if all you are saying is I, I got your back. 
Mm. You know, I feel bad for you. Um, you know, they because we feel very alone during this time. Um, and so anything you can do, and like I said, Hallmark has cards. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and I heard uh, I heard on a podcast yesterday uh, they were talking about a different situation, but one of those kind of things that people are scared by mm -hmm. the crisis that the other mm -hmm. person is in. And so just to say to them, maybe explicitly, your situation is not going to scare me away. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That that can be helpful. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're a little over time at this oh, point. No. What we usually go, well, that's okay. I want to do two things. One, okay. I want to be sure people know how to get in contact. And I've got some QR codes up here for the folks Thank who are with you. us on video. Uh, this is... Uh, the same one that we said out loud a little while ago, we mm -hmm. do have audio only folks, Deb. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. um, so trying not to die dot live is the website. Okay. Dot L I V not dot com. L I V E. It's all for you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yep. I'm talking too fast. And we get here. so used to these things, right? Yes, indeed. And you, mm -hmm. you've heard me say uh, Deb Creer, her last name is spelled K R I E R. Mm hmm. Okay. And so uh, you can find her on LinkedIn. It's the same picture for those of you on video, but it's a different QR code. Uh, so connect on LinkedIn as oh, well. If you, you go looking for her, then you need to know that Deb, D-E-B, uh, and it's actually Deborah on LinkedIn, but you'll find it with Deb. Deb There's only about of us. Yeah. Yeah. K-R-I-E-R. Mm-hmm. And then um, let me see. There was something else. Uh, I guess that's we it. We do have a Facebook group. Um, it is ah. a private Facebook group. And the link to that is on tryingnottodie.live. And it's a great place for anyone um, who is on this journey or may have gone through the journey to, to be able to support others. Um, it is a private group to make it um, a, a safe place for people to, to share and, and to reach out to people. Indeed, indeed. And we will, I don't have it for the screen, but we'll get it in the That's show fine. notes. Well, thank you. And so a little reminder to people, you can always get show notes at confidencecultivators.com. Those of you who are on here audio only will have the link to that in the show notes, but you wouldn't know to get to the show notes anyway. <laughs> uh, I have one closing question that I always like to ask, and this may be difficult for you because there are so many things that you're into. But there's almost always something that you wish that I had asked that I didn't ask. What would that question be and what would your answer to it be? Hmm. What drives you every day to, to keep going? Okay. And now, so and I had actually thought of that question and yeah. then I went away from it. So what yeah. what let's answer that one then. You know, I tell people if I wake up and I'm not looking up at six feet of dirt, I'm having a good day. But we do have to keep going. And that is the whole trying not to die dot live. You know, we get so focused on trying to not die that we forget that we have to live. Whether it's five hours, mm -hmm. five minutes, 50 years, we have to live and we have to live every single day as much as we possibly can. And I noticed that in, in your bio, you had spelled out live L dot I dot. So I'm assuming that's mm -hmm. People so, can go look on the website since we're over time. Okay. Okay. So just go to, go to the website we've been mentioning and you'll learn more about that. So Deb, if you can hang out in the green room for just a minute, I'll Perfect. thank you properly. We'll tell folks about what's coming up thank next week. You thank you so much for, for this opportunity. 
Oh, wow. Just great conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be right back with you. And so, folks, uh, wow, what a conversation here. I mean, uh, it's a difficult topic to talk about, and uh, they're just so evidences how to be open and just be yourself. Uh, Don't have to go to the extreme of, 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 you know, avoiding it, not talking about it at all, or making it the center of everything. Wow. Wow. There's just so much wow here. So we have these conversations of some sort like this every week, you know, folks who are thinking about what's most important to them, how to live their values so they can value their life. We have uh, another guest coming up next week. Kevin O'Connor will be on next Friday. Uh, Kevin has an interesting background. He wrote a book, uh, and the title of the book is Two Floors Above Grief. Okay, what's that about? Well, it's advice from the perspective, lessons to be considered from the son of a funeral director. So that's going to be an interesting conversation. So in any case, I hope that you will make plans to be with us, either live or catching the replay. We appreciate you spending your time with us here at the Alignment Show. And we will look forward to seeing you next week. That's it for this week's episode of the Alignment Show. What has it inspired you to do in your own life? Whatever it is, take action now and take the first step. It will help you to talk with a friend about what you're thinking. Share confidencecultivators.com to spread the goodness. And remember to live your values and value your life. We will see you next week on The Alignment Show.